The Gospel according to John, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a, a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew to Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now, my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that, that was there heard it and said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of the world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will re remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message, and to whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe, because Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes, and harden their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet, at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed him. But because of Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith, for they Fear, for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. 
You may be seated. First off, I'd like to say a happy anniversary to my beautiful wife of 12 years today. Yeah, thank you. Our sermon this morning comes from, well, I don't know, you can be the judge. Either John's gospel or the epistle letter, I'll let you be the judge. Uh, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. I pray that the eyes of your hearts would be enlightened, that you may know the height and the breadth and the depth that the love of God that he has for you and his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was reading through the lectionary, well actually before I even started reading through the lectionary for this week's uh, sermon, I automatically saw that it was Palm Sunday and pretty familiar with the account, Jesus riding in on a donkey, people shouting, Hosanna in the highest, they're laying their coats before Jesus in the palm branches. And as I read the lectionary text, I'm like, I can't believe that, well, where, where's, the where's the Palm Sunday text? And I'm glad you put it in the readings for uh, this morning. But as I pondered the lectionary reading for this week, I realized that the Palm Sunday is in the lectionary readings. If you think about it, in Paul's epistle letter, we have the Palm Sunday account, just without all of the details of palm branches and a donkey and people laying clothes before Jesus and shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest. Listen to the words of Paul once more. Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in an appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. I mean, I really wonder whether or not Paul had Palm Sunday in mind when he wrote this in his epistle. Without all these details, Paul depicts that Jesus himself came down out of glory, where there's a continual worship and praise of God and a perfection of no death or sin. And he emptied himself and he came into this world. Just like in our gospel, Jesus physically had to ride into Jerusalem. So God himself came down into this world 
out of his glory so that he, as he rode into Jerusalem, knew he was riding to the crucifix. And in this morning's text, before uh, what I read in the gospel, we see that there are several things that need to be pointed out about the classic text of Jesus riding in on the donkey, people putting palm branches before him and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. The first thing is the fact that the fact that Christ rode in on a donkey has significance. In Luke's account, it says that the donkey had never been ridden. And you have to remember that the Bible back then was the Old Testament. So these things are speaking of to the people of their Bible of what happened in the Old Testament. And the Israelites, way back when, were commanded to sacrifice a red heifer. And this red heifer had to be a, a bull that had never done any work or any plowing. So essentially, just like the donkey had never been ridden, the red heifer had never done any work or plow. And they sacrificed this red heifer, and the priests would take the ashes and purify those who had come in contact with dead bodies. And the, this, the priest would then, therefore, purify the people and they could be returned to worship in the tabernacle. And furthermore, if you think about it, a donkey that has never been ridden means that it is untamed and undomesticated. You cannot just mount a donkey without getting bucked off immediately. It must be tamed and it must be domesticated. And yet, Jesus himself sits on the donkey and rides into Jerusalem. And I don't know about you, but if you're sitting on an untamed donkey and people are shouting and the whole city's, I mean, and, you know, having a bunch of commotion, laying coats down and palm branches and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. No, Jesus proved himself to be who he said he was as the Messiah, as the anointed one of God. Secondly, when John wrote of the fulfillment of riding on the donkey, he said this, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. This quote is actually a combination of Zechariah and Isaiah together. And if you look at the context of Zechariah's text, after this part, fear not, 
daughter of Zion, he writes, he is just and endowed with salvation. And you put this together with Isaiah's part of him being a king. Well, now you have Jesus riding in on a donkey, bringing salvation, and he's also a king. And this part about a donkey is sometimes misunderstood and mistaught. Usually this is how it goes. Jesus, being humble, rides in on a donkey instead of this great white stallion like Julius Caesar did when he rode across the Rubicon in his great white horse. No, again, this has significance in the Old Testament. King Solomon, David's son, actually rode to his coronation of being king on King David's favorite donkey. So here, Jesus, being a type of David, is riding in, and he's a king, and he's bringing salvation. And of course, in the Old Testament, in the ancient days, uh, this riding in on a donkey signified the bringing of peace and not that of a conqueror. And then thirdly, we have the laying down of palm branches. <clears throat> and this too is a picture featured in the Old Testament. The seventh feast that Jesus, that the Israelites, the ancient Israelites, were uh, commanded to fulfill was the Feast of Tabernacles. And in the Feast of Tabernacles, in, in ancient Israel, they were taking the tabernacle and it wasn't sitting still in one place. And so during the Feast of Tabernacles, they would order the Israelites to make temporary houses out of leaves. And some of these leaves, of course, would be palm branches. And so this laying down of palm branches before Jesus has significance and it ties into this Feast of Tabernacle. Again, to show that the Old Testament uh, prophecies and teachings were fulfilled in Jesus, our Messiah. And we can also appreciate how Paul describes the fact that Jesus himself humbled himself and became a man and marched into Jerusalem to fulfill all prophecy, to be obedient to God's holy law perfectly, and then march to the cross to be your ultimate sacrifice. And after Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem and people shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, he began to contemplate the reality of his own death awaiting him. John wrote, Now my soul has become troubled 
And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So the crowd of the people who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now, judgment has come upon this world. Now, the ruler of this world will be cast out. You see, Jesus not only revealed that he was God, but that he was human too. Jesus has a troubled soul and he prays to the Father, save me from this hour. He pleads, if there be any other way, if there be any other way, And the Father responds that Jesus will glorify him by becoming a sacrifice of an unblemished lamb, bringing about salvation for the people that he loves, which is you, and will be a payment for sin. And it Jesus will be also glorified again when he returns for you, his bride, his people. Jesus said, now judgment is upon the world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Remember, we live in the already and the not yet tension Christ has already come to save us. Yet, at the same time, we're still awaiting his coming. Here, Jesus tells Satan that he has been cast out. So what does this mean? Well, if you recall in the book of Job... Satan is before the throne room of God, accusing Job of all of his sins. But when Jesus comes into this world, when he empties himself and becomes a man and enters our world, Satan is cast out of heaven for all eternity. He can no longer come before the throne room of God. He is cast down. But he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour here on earth. If so, even the elect. However, the final judgment awaits him. When Satan or even your own flesh deceives you and tempts you, 
Do not listen to him, knowing that Christ himself has come down out of his glory and he did it for you. When you're tempted to commit that pet sin of yours, do not listen, for Christ went to the cross in an agonizing death for you. When you're tempted to give up because of lack of finances or broken relationships, don't give up because Christ hung on this cross for you. When you're, you've lost a loved one and you feel like you can't go on any further, don't give up because Christ shed his blood for you for the forgiveness of your sins Jesus said if I am lifted up from the earth I will draw all men to myself Jesus went on to say truly truly I say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. You see, that seed was dropped here in your baptismal font. That seed was dropped here only to die so that it may spring to new life. You have been made a new creation in him. Your, your seed has sprung to new life in Christ. And this upcoming Thursday, you'll be celebrating the Last Supper with Jesus. It was the Last Supper for Jesus being human here on earth. But for you, it's each and every Sunday, right here at the altar. Jesus has promised to be right here to nourish and strengthen your faith, to sustain you to life everlasting. Jesus humbled himself and became a man obedient to the point of death, he rode into Jerusalem to die for you. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.